folks. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am very excited to chat about the schedule that is just dropping here. Really excited about it. Should be a lot of fun. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. If you are, really always appreciate it. On this episode, it is schedule teasing season. The schedule is starting to drop here in the NBA, and I am looking forward to seeing what ultimately happens with this actual breakdown. Should be very good, uh, but there's a lot to get to. There's a lot to cover. Really do appreciate everybody that is hopping in here. Uh, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's chat about the Lakers. Let's chat about the Nuggets and the Lakers and this budding rivalry that I think is really starting to come forward here. Um, not necessarily something that anybody really expected. I thought that, in general, the Denver Nuggets would be rivaling, uh, rivaling themselves with some of the other younger teams. But as it turns out, the Lakers are are one of these rivals that the NBA is now pitting up against you. And... I think it's it's really interesting to think about, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the idea. The news obviously came out that Sham Sharania reported that the NBA schedule will open up with the Nuggets and the Lakers to open the regular season on October 24th. That is a Tuesday, as is normal within the NBA. You get a full day or you get a full week, basically, of NBA premiere. That's being split from uh, ESPN, TNT, and maybe there's an ABC game that happens on Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, something like that. Probably not Sunday afternoon because of the NBA or because of the NFL, but uh, that's honestly why I moved up this podcast so that didn't have to compete with the Broncos preseason game. Uh, but look, it is what it is. So I'm just trying to, uh, all of us are just trying to get by. Um, but we're here and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about this particular game as well as some other ones that have really cropped up. Uh, October 24th is also going to be Nuggets Championship Ring Night. And it's very interesting to see the Nuggets host the Western Conference final opponent that they had during that particular series. They only played two games at home. They only played two games on the road because the Denver Nuggets swept the Los Angeles Lakers. and. That was pretty cool to see, obviously. Uh, it's a very, very important piece of rivalry building is you have to actually have a team that really like shows up, that really like both both sides have to win in this particular conversation. Let me just make sure to retweet uh, this particular pod um, for the actual podcast. Okay. I think, in general, the Denver Nuggets are they're in a really good spot with this. They're in a really good spot with championship night. You get to showcase yourselves against LeBron James, Anthony Davis, the Los Angeles Lakers fan base and whatnot. You know that the Lakers will obviously be motivated. The Nuggets might be motivated. We'll see how they actually handle this particular aspect of things, but... I do like the idea of Denver opening up against the Lakers because you had the Western Conference Finals in the manner that it happened. 
you had um, the 2020 bubble where those two teams went back and forth. It was pretty clear that those two teams ended up being the best two teams in the West that season. Pretty clear that they ended up being the best two teams in the West this past season. And you got to see one side take one, the other side take the other. And both of those teams went on to win NBA titles in those respective years. So really interesting to think about how this is being handled, what's going on with the NBA right now. Uh, But I do like the way that this is happening. Um, Cedric uh, says the national media, social media hyping us to embarrass the Lakers. Uh, That would be pretty cool. That would be, that'd be the best possible thing, right? Like we are, uh, we are definitely going to see, uh, I think a lot of NBA fans, like they, they care about the Nuggets more than they care about the Lakers. Uh, if you're just a national fan, if you're just a fan of a, a random team, I think enough fans are pretty annoyed by the Lakers and their fan base in order. And so they, they will definitely side with Denver unless it's the Minnesota Timberwolves, maybe, or unless it's honestly, they probably don't care that much unless it's maybe Portland Trailblazers fans, unless it's Phoenix Suns fans, maybe, although they don't have any love for the Lakers either. Let's be let's be clear. Uh, but it is very interesting to see these two teams kind of being pitted against each other. Um, actually, let's go Cedric here. We're one of the few teams to sweep them to uh, Dallas did it in 2011. Absolutely. And LeBron, uh, very interesting. LeBron has only been swept three times in his NBA career in the playoffs. The first one is was in the twenty seven or 2007 NBA Finals against the San Antonio Spurs. Second one was the 2018 NBA Finals against the Warriors, uh, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, that group. And then the third time was against the Nuggets. And so it's a very rare thing for LeBron to not get a single game off of a team when he does ultimately get eliminated. And so that was obviously a very, very important piece of this. Rob says sweeping the Lakers was a pretty cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. You could put it that way. It was a very, very cool thing. I know Nuggets fans certainly enjoyed it, and I, I don't think the Lakers fans fully understand what it means to be a Nuggets fan and, and what it means to be looking up at the Lakers as consistently as, as the Nuggets are. So it was nice to kind of put them put them back in their place or put them back in what Denver's place has been for much of their franchise history. Um, I guess that we are not their rival, but there's no team I hate more than the Lakers and beating them is always the best. Firmly agree. Uh, firmly agree. Like it's pretty, pretty clear that it just it's for whatever reason, it's just the sweetest possible thing. So it is very fitting that Denver is, of course, playing the Lakers on their opening night. We don't know what's going to happen with the Nuggets. We don't know whether uh, they're going to be drunk off of the ring night. Very weird things happen on the opening night of the NBA season very often. Uh, We've seen teams get blown out. I remember the Warriors got blown out by the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I think that was in 2020, 2019. I think it was 2020. Um, Or no, you know what? It was 2019, the year that the Warriors ended up being horrible. And the Brooklyn Nets, or maybe it was maybe it was the year after. It's hard to remember, but um, there was one year where the Brooklyn Nets just absolutely walloped the Golden State Warriors, and the Lakers have beaten the Warriors on opening night. And uh, they're like you had the Gordon Hayward injury back in the day, 
when the Celtics and the Cavs were playing against each other. There's been a lot of weird stuff over the course of these last few years when it comes to the actual opening night game. So I'm not going to put any stock into the actual results, even if Denver wins. Like, they should win at home. Like, that's that's what's supposed to happen. But if the Lakers come in and, and really put it to the Nuggets, I'm going to be like, yeah, they're drunk off of the celebration still. It's fine. Um, also on opening night, you have the Suns at the Warriors. This is Kevin Durant's return to Golden State. And I think a lot of people are very happy with this. They're very excited about the prospect of this because the last time that Kevin Durant went to Golden State, there were no fans in the building, I'm pretty sure. It was either a preseason game during COVID or, or like in the aftermath of COVID, or it was a um it was just like 2021 during the regular season where there was a very weird time where only a very select few amounts of fans were allowed in the building, if any at all. Uh, so going to be interesting to see Kevin Durant now in Phoenix come back to Golden State where Chris Paul, former Phoenix Sun, is going to be in a Golden State uniform. So I'm curious to see how that actually happens. But looking forward to that matchup, I, I obviously won't be able to watch much of it, but I'm sure the general NBA fan is going to be really, really excited. Uh, if you are watching the Nuggets Lakers from the couch, don't turn off your TV because I do think that the Suns and Warriors should be a very, very interesting game in and of itself. Um, should be very fun. Rob says, LeBron was so embarrassed he had to throw the I might retire BS out into the world so he didn't have to talk about getting his ass swept out of the Western Conference Finals. Believe in your heart, LeBron felt that. Oh, he absolutely felt that. There is no doubt in my mind. Um, Look, there are a lot of like Nuggets folks and very clear like up at the top of the hierarchy Nuggets folks that were pretty frustrated that LeBron floated that he might retire to try to distract from the possibility of uh, from the fact that they got swept. Like it was a very clear misdirection. Everybody and their mother saw it. It wasn't something that's um it it just wasn't very well done from LeBron's perspective. I mean, he took the the shine away from Denver for like 24 hours and then everybody realized he's not retiring and every single person that could refute the report refuted the report and he is back. And you know that he's going to be motivated. You know that after announcing his return at the ESPYs that the first game that he plays, he's not going to suck. Like he's going to be really, really good. Jokic, Murray, like, I, I don't know what they're going to look like. I don't know what Denver's going to look like. Um, what I do know is that without Bruce Brown and with the Lakers getting Gabe Vincent, with the Lakers getting players like Tarian Prince, Jackson Hayes, um, Cam Reddish, like, that's that's a name that they, they're pretty excited about over there for some reason. Uh, with all of those names, uh, with all those pieces, and with Denver losing Bruce Brown, I think a lot of Lakers fans and, and some NBA fans feel that the gap between these two teams has closed a little bit. Now, is it closed enough for them to get a game, two games, three games, actually win the series? I don't know. I don't know what it looks like, but I know a lot of Lakers fans, they are frustrated about the idea that Denver made a lot of what they would call BS shots in order to actually advance. And like Jokic was making... The crazy shots that he was making, Murray went off in the way that he did. 
I think a lot of Lakers fans feel like they got screwed by Denver getting hotter than the sun. The problem is, and what they have not rec- I kind of figured out for themselves is that they are like that. That happened for a reason. <laughs> like they they were not a good defensive team, and they had a great defense against other teams that could not score. Denver could score, and it was very clear like which of those teams was ready for that moment and which was not. So, and <laughs> the Grizzlies and the Warriors should feel pretty bad based off of the way that they performed against the Lakers. That's pretty clear in my opinion. Let's go to, sorry, got tied up with my clicks here. Warriors at Nuggets on Christmas. That is going to happen. That should be interesting. Um, I don't, I'm not going to go too in depth on the actual Christmas schedule. I think that this is going to be an interesting one. I saw a report from, um, I think Barry Jackson, who covers the Heat, that he said that the Heat would be getting a specific time slot uh, for their Christmas game and that the Warriors and Nuggets were considered to probably go at the 12.30 p.m. MT slot. So 12.30 p.m. just after noon on Christmas is very it's new for, for Nuggets fans. Like That's not necessarily something that I was expecting. It is a more primetime slot. It's the second game of the day. Basically, games happen at 10 a.m., 12.30 p.m., 3 p.m., 5.30 p.m., and 8, I think. Uh, it might be a little bit more separated out in the afternoon, but um, Denver usually gets the nightcap. They've, they've gotten it each of the two times that they've been on national TV for Christmas. They've been in that final time slot, and so usually... That's what happens for Denver, usually, that's especially when Denver hosts, and they've hosted each of these last two. So I thought that that's what would happen with the Warriors and the Nuggets, given that both of those teams are on the Pacific, are on the Western Hemisphere, or Western side of the, yeah, West Hemisphere. That's what I mean. Um, it's actually not the case. That, that's Western side of the Continental Divide. That's what I think I, I actually meant. Um, but it's... Um, I'm okay with it being at at 12.30. That's perfectly fine. A little bit earlier, but it should be an interesting time slot. Going to have Nuggets fans can actually go to bed at a reasonable hour as opposed to staying up into the odd hours of Christmas Day. Uh, That should be a fun matchup too. Uh, Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, like they're going to score a lot of points. There's, There's no doubt about that. Denver will also score a lot of points. We will see whether either team kind of lags behind. And then finally, the other Christmas Day matchups. You've got the Bucks at the Knicks, the Sixers at the Heat, the Celtics at the Lakers, and the Mavericks at the Suns. The Luka versus Devin Booker thing continues to go on for some reason. Uh, I'm not sure what the Mavericks are doing on national TV personally, but I guess Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving definitely has a major pull. Uh, Sixers at Heat makes sense because you've got Jimmy Butler, and if they do trade for Damian Lillard, you've got those two guys going up against Joel Embiid, the MVP. Uh, you want to be able to showcase those two teams. The Knicks, Madison Square Garden, that makes sense. Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo, that makes sense. Celtics and Lakers, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stars. It's a star-studded group of uh, teams. Do I think that the Knicks, like the Knicks are probably the weakest team on that group? That's fine. 
I'm not I'm not super frustrated if I'm an NBA fan about that slate. I think it's a really good slate. I think it's a good grouping, and I am looking forward to uh, seeing what actually comes about from that. So it should be good. All right. When we come back, we are going to re-rank Nuggets rivalries. I have both a current and a historical top five that I want to share with everybody. Uh, should be very fun. We'll be right back. But first, what do you hear that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now is the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas, and now you can use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to 250 bucks with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to 250 with promo code MILEHIGH. All you got to do is download that Superbook Sports app. Uh, you can do it on your phone. You can go to the website if you need to, but don't miss out on this football season. Win some money with Superbook and the promo code MILEHIGH. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLE. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. If you can, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Please give a like on the YouTube video if you're watching on YouTube. Obviously, appreciate both of our audiences on the audio side and the YouTube side. So uh, let me know if you're if you're watching on the audio or if you're watching on the YouTube side. Uh, what do you like about the live show? And if you're listening. Uh, on the audio side, I want to hear why do you listen? Why do you, why do you listen? Why do you prefer to listen as opposed to watch? I'm very curious as to the choices that people are making and why they do. So, really do appreciate it. All right, let's re-rank these Nuggets rivalries. Well, real quick before we get out of here, uh, I have a list of current top five rivals and a list of historic top five rivals. These are the current. I think you can definitely focus in on what's going on right now especially around the NBA, and say, okay, which of these teams have beef with Denver? Which of these teams do Nuggets fans have beef with based off of what's happened? Is that right? Is it something that makes sense? Uh, This is my general perspective on the current rivalries. Let's start with that. First, I think you got to go with the Lakers. I, I think that that's a very, very important piece of this is that the historic aspect of this has now matched what's currently happening because those two teams have met in two of the last four Western Conference Finals. They've each won a title. Uh, there's now some bad blood between the two with uh, Michael Malone talking about the Lakers and Darvin Ham talking about Michael Malone and the Nuggets. And I think they have respect for each other. But I think if you're the Nuggets, you've also shown that you don't really respect it too much by the way that they talked. Uh, It was very clear that Denver felt confident about their standing during the playoffs and during that series, and they knew that they were going to win. And it's pretty interesting to see how the Lakers have responded to that. Half of the Lakers fan base is like, we don't care. We don't care about you. You are beneath us. You are uh, food for us based off of history. And then the other half is very irritated and wants to belittle and belittle, just absolutely undercut everything the Nuggets have done. 
uh, basically saying that they're fluky, that the next time that the Lakers get at them, they're going to win, things like that. I think that this is a good, healthy rivalry now. I really do. And I know that there are going to be some OG Lakers fans that'll be like, no, this is not a rivalry. You have to win more consistently. I'm talking about current. And I think that currently there is no rivalry in the NBA for the Nuggets that is stronger than that of the Los Angeles Lakers. The Phoenix Suns is a close second. That one I would definitely call number two, but the Lakers to me is definitely number one. Rob says, when the Nuggets beat the Lakers in the next series, they meet, uh, will make the Nuggets the number one rival in LA. They still look down on us, just as Ryan said. It's half and half right now. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where if you are a Lakers fan, you have to hold on to what was previously occurring. But if you're a Nuggets fan, you're like, we don't think about you as a rivalry anyway, because you did not like actually put up a, a fight. <laughs> the Western Conference Finals, the last time these two teams faced. So we will see. We will see what it actually happens. But I do know that Lakers fans are, are, whether they want to admit it or not, they're feeling some kind of way about it. The Suns, I think, th- this spans to a couple of years ago where the Suns really were blowing up. They were doing some great things. And the way that that series ended with a sweep against Denver, I think that... um. I think that that was that was pretty like there were a lot of Suns fans that were talking down about the Nuggets in a tremendous way in that series. The Lakers were actually way more competitive with the Nuggets than the Nuggets were with the Suns in that year. The Nuggets just were getting run in that season. There was no chance that Denver could compete. And that's what happens when you basically take away half of your dynamic duo. Um, And that was clearly borne out in this year, clearly borne out in this year. And it's very, very clear that Denver is the better team right now. But the Suns just traded for Bradley Beal. They remade their roster, their their minimum contract players around their big three, plus DeAndre Ayton. They've got a lot of reasons to believe that they can compete with Denver now. Whether they actually can or not remains to be seen. But they're another team that's like, oh, they don't have Bruce Brown anymore. Like, this should be interesting. This should be interesting for uh, for the Suns when they when they have to match up with the Nuggets. I'm curious to see what actually happens. I'm curious to see what the Suns actually look like and whether Denver can match up with them from a defensive standpoint. But I I don't think that the Suns are going to be able to guard Denver. That's pretty clear. They don't have the personnel to do it. And it's going to be very interesting to see how Denver handles that, Uh, whether they can continue to put that pressure on and Murray and Jokic and Michael Porter can continue to really like have that bear out we'll see we'll see what actually happens but i think that that like it's pretty clear that the lakers and the suns are the top two in my mind number three for me is the philadelphia 76ers and really it's Embiid, daryl morey and 76ers fans uh, along with select trainers that have decided they want to take sides in a potential uh, mvp conversation uh, but the MVP really has poisoned that well when it comes to this rivalry. But it is a good rivalry, and it should be considered a rivalry because of the way that those two have gone back and forth against each other. When you have a a duo that has finished top two in NBA MVP voting in three straight years, it's naturally going to occur. And so currently, I can say that this is pretty strong. Now, whether this actually continues to bear out or not, that remains to be seen. 
But I, I always look forward to these games, and I'm, I'm going to be watching for this one because when this does come across the docket on the NBA schedule, which I think is going to be released on Thursday officially, I will be circling these games. I'll be writing about these games, and I'll be talking about, all right, are we, are we still doing Rivalry Week? There's a reason why those two teams were pitted against each other during Rivalry Week, and there's a reason why that game in particular had so much weight uh, because those two players going up against each other Pretty impressive stuff. So we will see what ultimately happens, but I think Philly is fairly placed here at three. Number four, Minnesota. Minnesota is, uh, they're, they're obviously tied with Tim Connolly, who uh, had many ties with the Denver Nuggets, basically built the current version of the Denver Nuggets uh, that Calvin Booth basically finished up. And you had couple players go over to Minnesota that aren't really there anymore. And then these two teams just matched up in the playoffs. You had game 82 back in 2018, which is over five years ago now. How crazy is that? Five years ago, game 82, uh, the play-in before the play-in against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I think that these two teams are, they are set to really match up. Bruce Brown on a podcast said that he thought that the Minnesota Timberwolves were the team that gave Denver the most trouble during the playoffs, and I think that I'm not sure I fully agree, but I do understand why he said it, because he's one, kind of a troll, and two, like they, they actually had Denver on the ropes a couple times later on in that series. Early in that series, it was pretty clear that Denver was the team, but uh, Minnesota started to figure some things out, and Anthony Edwards started to figure some things out, so it should be interesting to see how this evolves, but I think Minnesota's fairly placed at four. And then number five, I have Golden State. Golden State eliminated Denver the last time that Denver was eliminated from the playoffs, you know, all the way back in 2022. Um, they are fantastic. The rise of the Warriors initially coincided with the fall of the Nuggets with Danilo Gallinari tearing his ACL. Uh, you had David Lee going out in that series and then Draymond Green stepping into his place and really starting to shine and they started to see the vision of what they could be. And that bore out in a big way and, and has continued to bore out over the course of these last 10 years. It's like you have the Warriors and how they, they rose and they, they had a massive trajectory. Uh, but they've always, um, they've, they've had their battles with the Nuggets during the regular season here or there. The playoffs have gone to the Warriors, for sure. I think that it would be nice if Denver could get a series win against the Warriors. That would be really, really cool. It would be a nice kind of, I mean, I know the torch has officially been passed, but from era to era, it would be nice for them to pass the torch to the Nuggets in this particular playoffs. That would be pretty cool. All right. Now let's move to historic top five rivals. This is one where... I think in general, these are the teams that Nuggets fans, like historically, Nuggets fans are pretty abhorrent about. Like they, they hate these particular teams. You got to start with the Lakers again because of the playoff routes that have really occurred over the course of the, this history. I don't think you could put any other team other than the Lakers up here because they just have been the ceiling for Denver. And Denver finally got over that in this last year, which made it so important and so impressive during this last season. But I, I think that Denver still has to do some work in order to really 
battle back on this being a historic rivalry. Like, it would be nice if Denver eliminated the Lakers again, showing that last year wasn't a fluke. It wasn't just hot shooting at that point. It'd be pretty cool. Number two, I have the Portland Trailblazers, who admittedly, I don't remember a lot of history between the Blazers and the Nuggets before Damian Lillard. But I do think that the way the Blazers and the Nuggets have gone back and forth over the last decade or so, uh, basically ever since the use of Nurkic trade, which was over seven years ago now. Um, if it was it over? Oh, no, it was, uh, I'm sorry. It was over six years ago now. Uh, there's obviously some distance there, and Dame is obviously leaving, but I do think that these last six years between the Blazers and the Nuggets have been important. Like They've, they've been an important piece of Nuggets history, and I think you could use the Blazers as kind of that barometer for the Nuggets and, and what they have been able to achieve. Because there was a point where Denver, even at like when they won 40 games back in 2017, I remember a game very vividly. The first game that Yusuf Nurkic played for the Blazers against the Nuggets, uh, he outperformed Jokic in a big way. And it looked like the Nuggets, like I know if you're a Nuggets fan, you remember that game. You are you are holding your hands. Like you're holding your head in your hands right now. That was a that was a painful one for sure. Uh, but as Denver has gotten better, the Blazers have gotten worse. And I think you could see that really shifting. So that would be a good rivalry, I think. But I could understand why people would argue against it. Number three, I have the Utah Jazz. Uh, this is an important one. Just from the perspective of division rival, the Jazz have had historically, I think, the most success of any Northwest team uh, throughout their history, given the Carl Malone John Stockton days. Uh, they've also had some other peaks at various points. And then Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in this last era, uh, they they really battled with the Nuggets consistently too. So I think it's important to go through that. I think it's important to see the different layers to that one. I could honestly see because of how many layers there are, Utah being number two. But I did put them three just because I, I don't see any, like, there's no real rivalry now. Because Laurie Markkinen, like he's just not, there are no battles between him and the Nuggets that have really stood out. At least not of yet. Number four, the San Antonio Spurs. This is one where if you are a Nuggets fan during the 2000s, you know very well uh, how dominant the Spurs were. And back in 2019, when Denver actually won their first playoff series of the Jokic-Murray era, they won that game seven uh, against the Spurs. It was a big, big deal. And then game four in that series, that was a that was an important barometer for the Nuggets because it was the first time that they had won in San Antonio in like 14 years. I think it's like 2005, 2006, something like that. And because of how long it had been, uh, it's very clear that Denver, they, they needed to see a win in San Antonio. And they finally got one. It was great to see. And the Spurs, now with Wemby, that'll be interesting to see if they can uh, rise to the occasion sooner rather than later. But I think that they're going to be patient with them. So probably don't have to think about it for a couple of years, but uh, they're they're coming. Like That's, that's going to happen at some point. And finally, I have the Warriors at five again. I think that that's a, that is an important one. Um, 
like I said, it's it's 2013, it's 2023. Uh, it's not like like I I could have put the OKC Thunder or Seattle SuperSonics here. I could have put that that particular franchise, but I decided to go with the Warriors. I think that there's enough history here now between these two, and I think it's still being written that this is a is a pretty important list. So there's not a lot of Eastern Conference teams that you can really pull from. I didn't really consider the T-Wolves in this because they haven't been great at the same time that the Nuggets have been great very often. And those teams have never really battled consistently. Uh, I think you could put... Well, who's a, who's another team that you could put? You can't really put the Rockets. You can't really put the Suns. Like I, I don't think that they really fit against each other. You can't really fit an Eastern Conference team against them. So I think this is a, a fair list. Uh, it's not like... It's not like awesome after number three, but I do think that Denver, as they continue to have more success, this historic top five rivals list will probably evolve. Like it could be the Suns that end up here. It could be uh, maybe not the Clippers, although Clippers is an interesting one because the the Nuggets have just dominated the Clippers of late. Um, I'm sure the Clippers are not super happy about the Nuggets right now. Like they they prefer the Nuggets to win games over the Lakers, for example, but. Uh, they're they're not super big fans of the Nuggets at this point, so should be interesting to see how this evolves. I'm very curious to see what your list is and, and what you think the top five rivals for the Nuggets are, uh, both in this era and in their franchise history, because I do think that those are two different conversations, but should be very fascinating. All right. I think that is going to do it here on this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Uh, really do appreciate everybody for hopping in and chatting with me. It's always good. Uh, I know the Broncos game is about to start, so go watch the Broncos game. Go support Mile High Sports by checking out the Broncos coverage for Mile High Sports uh, and the preseason that is to be. Should be very interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I will be back on Monday. There should be a good conversation, probably a 20 questions piece on Monday. I'm going to chat with Matt Moore on Wednesday. And we're going to break down the full schedule release next Friday. Should be great. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Hit that like button on the way out. Really appreciate all the love and support. We'll talk to you guys very soon.